you and I both know that we're called to create more than just a business. Being an entrepreneur means we are the forerunners in innovation, problem solving, and serving our fellow human beings at the highest level. But in a world that is sick of being sold to, how do we get our products and our services out there and still remain profitable? Join me on my journey to help servant-hearted entrepreneurs with a message, grow their influence, profit, and freedom. I'm Danny Gupat, and this is the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. All right, welcome back everyone to the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Gripat, and I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. I can't speak and it's just the beginning. We have today Tessa Hopman from The Vine Dresser. Welcome here, Tessa. Thank you so much for having me today. And I have to I have to apologize because right at the beginning, I, I just assumed she was American and that's like the worst thing you can assume. I'm sorry, I no offense to Americans, but for anyone else, I'm Canadian. So most people assume I'm American and I'm always like, I'm, I'm not. And here Tessa is originally from the Netherlands living in New Zealand. And I'm like, so where are you in the States? (laughs) Nowhere in the States. Anyway, before we get going, I'm going to let I tell you a little bit about Tessa. So career coach and motivational speaker, Tessa Hopman, the vine dresser, has helped dozens of women connect with God's purpose and live their truest lives every single day. Using her unique framework, combining neuroscience and biblical teachings, her life's purpose is to inspire and encourage women around the globe to rekindle untethered joy in their hearts and walk boldly in their purpose. That's beautiful, Tessa. I love it. <laughs> when I hear this, like, cringe, my copywriter wrote that for me. I wouldn't put so many feathers in my cap. <laughs> oh, does it make you? Does it make you feel like you're bragging about yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's good. It's it gets a we we feel your true heart in this, right? And I think so often we want to like hide it under like, oh no, I know. But look, if we didn't have that to like read and to like, then we wouldn't know the real Tessa. Yeah, true. And God tells us to shine. So there we go. That's right. Well, Tessa, we're so happy to have you. I'm wondering, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to the vine dresser? Yes, definitely. So um, like Danny already said, I'm originally from the Netherlands and I already knew from a young age I wasn't meant to be there. I wasn't, I didn't feel Dutch for some reason. So I um, did a year in high school in the US where I actually um, got saved when I was 17, um, then moved back to the Netherlands for a short while, still didn't like it. Um, so I actually ended up doing a humanitarian management internship because I was doing a bachelor in hospitality management graduated that still didn't wasn't really me didn't want to go into hospitality industry I just knew I wanted to help people and really in South Africa um, I did um, youth camps for underprivileged kids and that just increased that that fire inside of me for really like having an impact and making a change so yeah did four years in South Africa absolutely loved it but they didn't want to keep me so um, went back to the Netherlands again um, and now live living in New Zealand with my fiance and here I just walked into that same trap again almost that I found myself living this amazing life having an amazing job an amazing man such an exciting new country and I I couldn't even get out of bed anymore so same roller coaster again just feeling emotionally drained and and it wasn't until I realized that actually 
living my reality and my soul knowing what it was purpose for, it was just really pulling me apart. And, and that emotional tension was just bringing me on the verge of depression. So I enrolled in a life coaching program and not so much to become a life coach. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, more just to find my own answers. But having something that's so in the world and having just science, I needed to combine it with, with the Bible. So I really like started to deep dive into the Bible about the power of our minds and how God wants us to live out our purpose. So yeah, that kind of organically formed into wanting to become um, a Christian coach and jumped into it with no plan, no savings, quit my job and just trusted, you know, God wants me to do this. He will provide. And he has for the past, it's already been over a year and a half and it's been such an amazing journey. That's so cool. And so now why, why the vine dresser? What's behind the name? Yeah, so um, in the Bible, it says that Jesus is the vine dresser. And what he actually does is that he prunes and tends and he literally like clears out the weeds that are just um, strangling us. And that is exactly what I wanted to do for women, to make them see their true potential and not by making them anything different, but by helping them flourish, by having you know fertile soil and, and planting the right seeds and just pruning away all the things that that we just put on ourselves that are really strangling us. So I just thought it was such a beautiful biblical concept to, to use. And, and literally I said to God, okay, help me find a name. And I opened the Bible to this verse and that was it. It was so easy. <laughs> it's also, I was just thinking, it's kind of painful too, right? I think we think of like, oh, beauty and like growth and like planting seeds. But then there's also like the cutting away. And, and that's sometimes like things that we aren't ready, like to get rid of. And we need people to like help us to like, see, like, that's not doing you any good. So that's, uh, that's really great. I love that you actually mentioned that because that's exactly like when you look at a caterpillar or a chicken and egg, like we always want to make things easier for them. So oh, let's just crack it or let's just break the, the butterfly out. But then they can never form into what they're created to be. Their wings don't develop, their beaks don't develop. So we need almost that pain and that struggle to be formed into our character. So it's actually beautiful how you put that. Yeah, it's just, it kind of sucks being in that position. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I, I, we, <laughs> we've been going, like as a family, like these last couple of years have been like challenging. And I know for a lot of people, this year has been particularly difficult with all the unknowns, but to be able to, see past that like discomfort and and reframe it almost in a way of thinking like okay a chicken has to like work hard to get through that egg it might be kind of a pain in the butt and difficult but then you know you get a little chick or you get hatched out you know it's important to kind of reframe these these moments even when you feel like ah when is the end (laughs) what's gonna happen it's gonna be beautiful Yeah, no, definitely. And we're actually currently writing a book just about that, you know, about the eye of the storm. And and when we're in that storm, you know, we only see the destruction and everything. But when we actually like choose to see God's perspective, you know, he sees that the storm is clearing the path for other beautiful things to to grow there and be formed there. And and he sees the bigger picture that we in that storm don't see. So that's exactly that changing our perspective. That's right. Well, um, I'm just thinking about um, my computer not working properly. 
<laughs> I just saw some flashes. I was like, I, I know. I'm like, what are you doing, computer? Okay. Uh, our daily lives are typically like really full. And I'm just thinking of myself, particularly as a mama. I have five kids. So it actually leaves really limited time to like stop and really reflect about what and like to reflect and actually think, you know, what are we actually thinking in and how it actually affects us. So um, I'd say as I was thinking about this, the average person is kind of running in this like default mode. Right. So why would you say it's so important to like notice our thoughts? Well, to put it really simply, our thoughts literally create our future and determines our present moment. So if we don't, our thoughts are going to run rampant in our brain and create a future we don't want. So we're going to create more of the things that we are currently focusing on that we actually do not want in our lives. So by taking, and I think it's as little as 16 minutes a day for allowing our our brain to actually rewire itself and to to untangle all those knots that we have created in in the busyness of today, we can start focusing on the things we do want to create in life because then we have, we're in this circumstance, right? We can't control that, but we can control our attitudes in it. Mm -hmm. And, And if we have that choice, do you rather want to like look down and then see the limiting possibilities or do you want to look up and see God's possibilities, see what he has done for us already and what he's still continuing to do. And, and that little shift. And like you're saying, as yourself, as a mom, is not something that is just going to benefit you as a person. It's going to benefit your family. It's going to benefit your wider relationships. And, and it's going to allow you to actually step into your purpose because you are open for those things. So um, it's so complicated to even start to to explain how how big the influence of our thoughts are. But just for the day-to-day, as as a busy mom, um, that will change your attitude so immensely when you start realizing the thoughts that actually run into your head and and just taking that even that 16 minutes a day to just actually like the bible says capture them and make them obedient to christ and make them obedient to what the word says about us in our lives i think there's something that you said in there really struck out at me or popped out at me and that's you say you said um creating life like being creating what you would you would like and i think often we're we're we tend to become like victims or we just let those thoughts kind of like um overrun us and we can't do anything about it but you just use the word create and i'm really passionate about this word i think it's fantastic because we are created in the image of god who is the creator right and so we can take instead of being a victim to our thoughts or the situation, you said we can partake in creating like a new reality. We're going deep here, guys. Well, and and that's exactly what I'm so passionate about because we're not victims. You know, God was never a victim. And as you said, we were created in his image. So I think the first thing we need to understand is that we are powerful and our minds have potential beyond our most crazy imagination. Um, And that is simply because we are a cup of God. Like our minds he created to have the most create is the most creative force in the universe after God. And that is simply because he created us as these energetic beings. And, 
if you, I mean, it's get a bit trippy, but if you, if you start realizing that the only thing that actually holds us in a solid form is our mortal bodies, because we are not a solid form. We are actually pure energy. So every time that our brain is thinking, which is constantly right, it is sending brain waves, so vibes out into the universe. So whatever vibration we put out is exactly what we attract back to us. And yeah, I don't want to go too deep, but um, like even science now, and we'll go into it a bit further, how it actually combines together, but they are proving now something that they call the quantum field, which literally says that every possibility of our future is already out there and it's up to us which one we are going to attract back to us. But as believers, we call this the spiritual realm. And, and Christ already told us we need to speak things as they already are. So we need to speak them into existence and they will be attracted back to us. So he already gave us all the answers in the Bible of, of why this is so important. Yeah, I think like I always, when we go back to Genesis and hearing that God spoke and there was, and it was created, I think is such a, a very powerful illustration. Like, you know, we tend to think like we have to, you know, it's like a hustle you know, we have to do things and like, it's like work and, and toil. But here we have this example of God just, you know, speaking and using um, language and words and I know like in our thoughts, we're using language and words and how often do we use words against ourselves? Right. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Right. And I, I know from, oh, what was it like years ago, I was in a training school, discipleship training school. And I remember, um, I think we, it was like the power of your tongue. We're talking, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. Right. And I use this with my kids all the time. I'm like, do you want to be a person who speaks out life or do you want to be a person who speaks out death? Because your tongue is so powerful what it can what it can create. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes from your thoughts. Right. So you have a thought that takes root and that creates an attitude and your attitude creates words and action. So it all starts with our thought life. And if we would only realize a glimpse of how powerful it is we wouldn't speak or think even a percent of what we allow to go on in our minds because we are literally creating more of that and the favorite phrase that i use an example is i'm so busy and people say that about 10 20 times a day and all you're doing is creating more busyness so yeah, that I can't I can't stop saying that is so important. And and God says, you know, we need to pray. Like Lord, I think John prayed that verse. Like Lord, please put a guard over my mouth that I not speak thoughtlessly. And I think we need to pray that every single day. Wow, that is a really good point. I there's also I think I often hear, especially in like the mom realm of things, um, I. Uh, I just, I, I just couldn't do that. Like I couldn't, um, I'll talk about like homeschooling or something or traveling. You know, we just talked right before we're in like Ukraine and also in Germany and traveling. And how often do I hear from people like, Oh, that I, I just couldn't do that. And my thought is always like, you could, like you could, I'm nothing, I'm nothing special. Like I am not a super woman, but because I'm thinking I want to, I think I like, I want to, um, kind of do, how would you put that? I want to do whatever (laughs) I want to. I think that my brain is capable of like 
way more than I think, than I think, I guess I'm a rambling. Yeah, hundred percent. We will never I think be all of us, right? You're yeah, we'll never be people. fully able to grasp what we can actually do. 100%. Yeah. So um, this brings me to like my next question is how, okay, we, we kind of touched on this, how our thinking really influences our lives. Could you give like maybe a few examples how it influences our businesses or our ministries? Yeah, 100%. So you mentioned something just now that people say, well, I could never do that. And I think it was Henry Ford that said this very simple phrase, like either you say you can or you can't. In both instances, you're right. And the same works with your ministry, your life, business. Wherever you set the bar, is what you're going to be able to do. And um, like I'm starting to, to prove this concept in my own personal life now in my training program. So we train for um, ultimate triathlons and I I had troubles running. Like as soon as I started running, my mind is like, oh, how much longer? I can't do this. I'm so slow. I'm sore. My hip hurts. And then I made a change. I decided from the start of my race, I'm going to like final beat in my head and I'm going to put in everything that the Bible says. I can do. So I've been created in God's image, God's um, power, the power that created the universe is running through my veins, is refreshing my bones, refreshing my shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. And I do that for however long I run. So if I run for an hour and a half, I will say that for an hour and a half. And I have smashed every single record every single training that I've done since I started doing that by just simply forcing myself to think God's truth and God's word instead of our limiting beliefs. And I think that is a perfect example of everything that we do in our business, in our lives, in our ministries. If we say or even think, oh, I could never do that. Same with, with fruits of the spirit, right? Or talents. Oh, I could never prophesy. Or oh, I can't heal that person. They're, they're too sick, you know, or even thinking that in our hearts when we pray. And, and, and it doesn't happen overnight that you're going to think I can do this and actually believe it. It takes time. But we have been for maybe 20, 30 years, we have spoken negative thoughts. So we also need to allow time for our hearts and our minds to catch up with our new conscious choice of thinking right thoughts. And it's just going to take a while, but it will create the most amazing shifts in, in your life, in your business, in your ministry that you could ever imagine. Cool. So um, tell us, what are a few practical things that we could start implementing today to help us? Okay. Um, well, you mentioned like people are so busy, right? They don't have really time to study the word anymore. Um, but that would be my number one tip because the devil is going to throw everything in your face during the day. And if you don't pull up that, that armor of God, if you don't sit down and read his word, <laughs> Life is going to overthrow you. Life is going to overwhelm you. And just spending, even if it's 20 minutes a day in the morning, just spending a time in the Word is because you are reading actual truth. And that is what's going to help you get through the day. So definitely that will start changing and, and, and it starts fueling the Holy Spirit inside of you as well. So that will make great changes. And then secondly to that is really, like I said, that 16 minutes a day to think about what you're thinking. So even if that is in the shower where you can just quiet your mind, blow drying your hair, having a cup of tea, just allowing you to drown out 
like the noises of outside, put your phone on silent for a little bit. Um, and, and you can give your kids those boundaries, right? Like for the next 16 minutes, it's mommy time. You can set a timer and just allow yourself to think about, okay, well, what am I thinking? Because if we quiet the outside, we'll start realizing the thoughts that have been running rampant in our head and they have been actually been shaping our negative mindset. Um, and then to change that around, I would say write down those lies. So all the crazy things you've been thinking about ahead, like you just mentioned, I'm stupid, I can't do this, I'm too busy, I feel overwhelmed, etc., etc. So just write those down and then find, you can Google that, find in the word what God actually says about us. You know, God will always give us enough energy for the day. Um, he's our strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and put those under there, but write it down. Because as soon as you start writing, our brain is creating new uh, neurological pathways. And the more you write the truth, the more it's going to wire that into your brain. Mm. So the more we write, the more it becomes reality in our brain. So those will be the, the three first tips that I could give in, in how to change that mindset. Wow. That's, um, that's a really good point. I'm thinking of like people who regularly journal and we also look into, when we look at history, we see a lot of prolific figures who kept journals or they wrote things. And I'm wondering, I wonder if there was a connection between what they accomplished or what they did in life to their reflection time in writing. Yeah. And it's also how they journaled, right? It wasn't like Anne Frank, like that girl was in such a terrible time, but she didn't get down or depressed. Her letters or her journals are beautiful. And she talks about the things she wants to do and the people she wants to help and the positive things she was still seeing. And that is a huge difference in saying, dear diary, my life sucks. And then go and then write it all out. So like you're saying, definitely there's so much power in it, but again, it depends on, on the attitude that we put towards the journaling. Hmm. Okay. So for the people who are a little bit skeptical right now, bringing in neuroscience, or maybe this is like a new idea. Um, what would you say are, are there even connections between neuroscience and, and the Bible? Is that possible? hundred percent. I mean, first of all, we need to understand that God created everything in this world. Um, and, and so is science. And, and I, I see science as a way to, to wonder to, to see how marvelous God is and what he created and how intrinsic and complicated it is. And especially when it comes to our brains. And it's so sad that when we read the Bible, most of us and me included, we don't take it seriously enough. Like if we really would take the verse, uh, there is life and death and the power of the tongue. If we would take that seriously, we wouldn't speak the things we do. We wouldn't gossip. We wouldn't tell lies. And we wouldn't say negative things about anybody, including ourselves. So now slowly neuroscience is starting to prove the importance of the way we speak and think. And there's been research, for example, with AIDS patients that shows that their their receptors to actually fight the disease are highly increased when they not one believe that there's a God, but two believe that God loves them. And they have done studies that that's like their 
um, fighting against the disease increases by like 30 to 40% just by having those thoughts. So that is slowly proving that what the Bible is saying that what we should meditate on is very true. Um, Other crazy tests that they've done that people can think swords on their bodies so and then they can think them away by just constantly thinking negative thoughts in their mind and so it's slowly just starting to prove that like you're saying that scripture um and i want to read another one from proverbs it says proverbs 16 22 a happy heart is a good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing but a broken spirit dries up the bones so as i mentioned about those tests about health and and what we can do like think away and actually think to ourselves um that's amazing. The same with anxiety and depression. Um, they come, like we say now, it, it can be in our DNA, right? But the Bible already warned us for that. It said that we will carry the sins of our parents and our ancestors for the third to the fourth generation. And now neuroscience is proving that until the third and the fourth generation, these negative patterns in our parents' lives are actually passed on in our DNA. So no wonder that people are more prone to obesity, diabetes, um, anxiety, depression, But the good news is, again, it says in the Bible, it's not a death sentence because they're now proving that our genes can be turned on and off by what we think about, so what we meditate on. So that is what I'm trying to put in my coaching as well, to not just say what's in the Bible, but why is it important? Because now we can prove it. And that's just so powerful. And that's why I believe that it is the future to combine those two. So I hope I didn't lose you in some of the examples. No, those are really good examples. And I think, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I remember never thinking about this growing up in the church, never hearing anything about this, never, um, not, especially not from like a neuroscience perspective, but the, um, I don't know if it's like the older I'm getting or the more, you know, studies are coming out, um, the more I'm realizing, wow, there's like, you know, God had a, reason why he created us the way he did and we are able to to actually create together with him new realities and hope by just like you know our thinking and our speaking and i think and i don't know maybe that's a cultural thing or maybe that's a just something in the church where we just kind of cut off and we say no no no, spirituality like ends you know it there's like a some sort of cut, you know, an incision where we are um, separated from our physical body and our spiritual lives. And, you know, what I hear you talking about is like, well, there's like this holistic view of our bodies and of our beings that probably many of us have not grown up with. If, if, if it's been anything like the way I've experienced, you know, just thinking like spirituality is like here, this is like our faith life, but you know, how you speak and what you do with your body to an extent, um, doesn't really affect it. Right. But here I see like a unification again, this, this whole being. Yeah. I mean, God gave us these bodies so we could fulfill our purpose on this world, right? So everything that he created in it, our brains, our genes are all to aid that purpose that, that he created us for. So it is up to us to, to use that in our advantage instead of letting it work against us. Mm-hmm. 
So this leads us into talking about purpose and our true purpose. And I know that's like one of the things that you specialize on in helping people find their true purses, purpose, their true purses. <laughs> and your purses, I guess. No, your true purpose. So what, um, what are some examples of dangerous thinking that can undermine your true purpose? Literally anything that's not in line with the word of God. So as soon as we start talking ourselves or others down and it doesn't, and okay, I'm going into very dangerous territory now. Um, the church has hurt so many people by its judgmental attitude. And, and it's no wonder that when we look back in the Bible, God didn't like eating with religious people. He didn't like conversing with them because they were negative and they focused more on, on pointing out everybody else's flaws instead of focusing on their own internal flaws and their own thought life and their own spiritual life. And I think those are the negative thoughts that we need to be cautious about. As soon as we start looking at what other people are doing wrong, and wanting to pinpoint it out to help them or to save them, that that is dangerous thinking because then we are, first of all, exalting ourselves and also we're taking the focus away from ourselves. And, and the true benefit of, of for other people as well lies with us becoming that pure self that God has created us to be that we were born with, but then life messed us up um and and by focusing on that and by becoming god's image and having that pure love inside of us from there on we can share in that overabundance like god says you know that overflow we can then love others the way he loves us and i think that is that is the positive of of the flip side of the coin pretty much but then i think that the dangerous thinking comes in that we're any better than anybody else or that we haven't figured out. And now we need to teach others how to do it. And that's, for example, in, in coaching, I will never tell another person what to do. I'll ask them thought-provoking questions, which will help them realize what's going on on the inside and what God has put inside of them because God speaks to us anyways. And then I combine it with what it says in the Bible, which is true. And, and those things I can teach. But it, when we think we know the right way, that's very dangerous, I think. Yeah, I mean, who are you thinking about? Like where where are your thoughts? It's, so if you if you really want to grow in your own true purpose and your thoughts are constantly thinking about someone else's negativity or their problems, then how are you really helping yourself? Right. And the same with comparison, right? If we do the other way around and we think that other person's so much better than us, we're actually slowing down in our own race and we're not running it with the endurance that that God is wanting us because we are trying to keep up or we're lagging behind and it's just not what he has in mind for us. Yeah. And it also creates a lot of fear. And uh, that's one thing we know the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And one of his weapons is fear that holds us back. So yeah. So what are your top three, let's say tips for a daily healthy belief patterns to really instill those? Well, so I think we already mentioned like the three um, I would definitely recommend for a healthy thought life. Um, 
And then just building on that and growing in that. So um, when it comes to purpose, for example, one big thing is action. Um, I mean, the difference between your dreams and reality is that it's action. If, if you're not taking action, then, then you're stuck with a dream and maybe a pretty mood board, but that's about it. So I'd say an action plan would be it. So once you have gone through, um, I think we'll talk about the program a bit later, when you got, you've gone through and, and figured out what your purpose is and you have that, that goal, um, it's so easy for people to get stuck now in their heads again, right? They're getting stuck in overwhelm, fear, as you mentioned, uh, procrastination. So, so to keep that in check or, or to not have your brain be triggered that way, it's important for us to, to break them down into small little action steps and that is anything in life um you mentioned your mom of five i think overwhelm is something that is very easy for us to get stuck in but if we break things down even things as bible study right we don't start it because it feels too big for us to take on but if we break it down in little bite-sized pieces like even a verse a day or five minutes a day and that sounds more doable than let's read all of psalms you know i would i would be a bit freaked out if i'm gonna read 150 psalms but if i say okay well let's do one a day it feels a lot more doable so definitely that would be my tip like set that big goal um and and instead of getting stuck in your thoughts then break it down into smaller um, bite-sized pieces and find yourself something to hold you accountable, whether that is a good friend, whether it's a community or a coach, somebody who can help you just nudge you along um, so, so you're actually progressing over time. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the, well, a couple of the biggest problems, especially as entrepreneurs, is because you have big dreams, you like have, but then you get overwhelmed with, okay, what to do next? And it's such a big thing that you procrastinate because you don't know how exactly you're supposed to do it. So I love that, you know, breaking it down into something that is still like momentum and still like actionable um, to keep that, well, to keep the momentum going. And yeah, and also to have people around. I think um, there's a danger, especially right now online, where especially if you're digital, like virtual, whatever, you have a business online, where you become stuck in like your own little bubble, an isolated mm-hmm. bubble, and you have no one that is like helping you along. And I, if there's one thing that I've noticed in my business this year is actually when I've started networking and growing and, and being coached. I've seen like the biggest growth in my business in my life because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference and investing into it, actually not looking for all the free stuff, but paying money because I, I guess I just want to touch on this because when you, when you invest in something, there's a transformation in that transaction. And so I know for a lot, like when I was first starting out my business and had like a super little budget, I was like, I'm not going to get a coach. Why I would like, like, I'd rather save my money on that. But my business did not grow very much because I was like, do it myself, do it myself. But you pay for transformation. You pay to cut corners. You pay for movement. So that's one thing I can suggest to everyone is invest in a coach is going to change your life and your business. (laughs) I know. And I actually gave the example, I did a workshop last week. Um, my, I've had about three coaches since the start of my business and the last one I couldn't even afford. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to God put him on my path. He's a fellow believer. I'm just going to pray and believe that it's somehow going to work. And in that first week with him, I think I signed five clients. And, and in the last six months, I signed maybe 
you. So just by having that commitment and taking that step of faith, God loves to reward us for actually taking a step of faith. So, and he's never going to let us fall. He might make us stumble and, and make it some a bit difficult for us, but he will never allow us to fall. So don't also be worried or scared to just take a risk every now and again. Good. All right. So you're going to be opening doors soon to your dreamer to do a program. I think in February, if I'm correct. 15th of February. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Definitely. So the dreamer to do it is, is as I mentioned, right? Do you have this dream and you want to step into it, but you're stuck. You can't really visualize it and, and you don't know how to break that down. So this is really for people. And, and I think both our hearts are the same are really for people who want to have an impact and create change in the world. And for people who don't want to get rich of a paycheck, but they want to live for purpose and prosper from that. So um, the dreamer to do it is a 90 day program, which is just five steps. Um, I say to live a life you love, because I feel if you are in your purpose, you are in your fullest fulfillment, you are in radical alignment with who you are. Um, and, and this is just uh, what we mentioned. This is just to hold you accountable, but also to help you not be scared to dream the big dreams and to set those out for you as a goal and start pursuing them. Um, and I think mainly it's, it's an identity transformation that you are going to be able to see yourself in that purpose and grow as that purpose, um, as that person in your purpose. So that is um, in in big lines what the program is about. There'll be about 20 women in there and just a community sharing together um, and really growing in, in their journeys um, as women of faith, but also in their in their purpose and the goals they are setting. So yeah, it's just a lot of fun and I actually can't wait for it to start. Oh, that's really exciting. Cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, I think that having something, oh, I'm frozen here. You still hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I think having, okay, good. <laughs> I think having something like that is so, um, it's so smart because I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, if you, if you're anything like me, I always thought like ideas were like, that was, if I had a lot of ideas, that was really awesome. But I'm realizing in, as I grow in business and entrepreneurship, that it's not about the ideas. I know so many women who have tons of ideas and men as well, like great ideas, but the ideas actually don't do anything. If you don't have, if you don't actually physically do something about the idea, it's just going to die with you. So I'm, I remember, I don't know if I don't have that quote, but a friend of mine always talks about how graveyards are like the most, um, no, it's like the biggest treasure in the world to be in a graveyard, or it's like the most valuable place. Oh, I need to find that quote. Like a graveyard is the most valuable place in the world because it has like a treasure of ideas that like were buried um, with all those people, like poems. Like they could have been the greatest inventions, but they didn't step out and actually do it. Yeah. I think when I started writing my book, that was the one statistic that blew me away. It's like 81% of people want to write a book. Only 2% actually do it. So the rest is stuck with the what ifs and the regrets. And it's just pulls my hair out. They're like, I have my book in my head. What happens when you die? Like, no one's going to read it. Yeah, no, very true. Uh, well, we're coming to the end of our time. Unfortunately, Tessa, it's been such a blast with you. But before we end, do you have anything else you'd like to add? 
Um, hey, thanks so much for you know, listening. If, and remember, rise add, up, entrepreneur, because me, you are called to create. Or whoever, just find yourself an accountability partner and speak your dreams out loud, first of all. I can't tell you the amount of clients I've had. It's like, oh, I've never said this out loud. So say your dream out loud. Say, okay, well, God has put this on my heart, but don't say it to anybody who's going to kill your dreams. Say it to somebody who's already in, in that path of purpose, who is already out of their comfort zone, who can encourage you and motivate you and then break it down and if you do want to come um, with us then you can't enroll yet but you can sign up for the waitlist on dreamertodoer.com so I definitely would recommend you doing that and then we can help you make your dreams come true in 2021 oh that's really good yeah you got to choose the people that you speak it out to because you don't want to be around people who squash your dreams <laughs> no <laughs> oh cool well, thank you so much for your time today Tessa thank you so much for having me I had so much fun chatting to you it's been a pleasure uh, everyone who is listening to this right now if you found this episode with Tessa helpful then please be sure to go into um, the show notes at therisenentrepreneur.com forward slash podcast and sign up for her launch of Dreamer to Drew uh, my goodness we're talking today you guys ah, launch of Dreamer to Doer it's the end of the day so I will you know rely on that I can't speak anymore <laughs> launch I can like articulate beautifully because it's the morning. I'm like, it's almost nine o'clock, almost my bedtime. So anyway, so sign up for launch of Dreamer to Doer. Um, it sounds like an incredible group that you're going to be putting on. Don't miss out. And she also is giving out 10 free Christian Instagram templates. I'm going to put the links there. You can go ahead and grab that. And that is going to make your life, I think, a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. That gave me back a lot of time to get those done. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.